You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Katzmitz, joined as always by Rhett Bollinger. We're talking twins, and uh, Rhett, kind of fresh off the caravan. You were, of course, uh, in all parts of Minnesota uh, for that. And I guess, first of all, any takeaways from, from that experience? Obviously, uh, quite a bit of time with the skipper and, and some other players. Uh, what, was the, what was going on in the caravan? Well, it was a lot of fun. I think there's just a lot of big crowds. I think there's a lot of excitement. Uh, you know, twins coming off that first winning season now. Since 2010, I think fans were excited about that. Um, a lot more people, I think, in general than um, in previous years. This was that excitement there. And I think, too, part of it was just having Byron Buxton along. I think fans yeah. are definitely always uh, excited about a guy like him, who's the number one prospect. Um, and it was fun to see, you know, how Byron interacted with the fans. You know, he's still only 22 years old. He's a young kid. Um, but he got along, you know, pretty well with it. I think at first he was a little bit nervous, but kind of as it got along, uh, became really good talking in front of big crowds. Uh, you know, mingling and interacting with fans and signing autographs. And, and Malder, you know, obviously is a pro and the Hall of Famer. He's used to talking in, in big groups and everything. So he was awesome. And it was cool to hear some of his stories from his playing days and, and just kind of inside stuff from uh, from last season. Um, and Casey Fien was just a character. He had a great time, a uh, funny reliever. So, yeah, this was a good overall experience. And it was fun, like I said, more than anything, just kind of see a guy like Buxton go on it for the first time and have the fans there, you know, kind of all over Minnesota. I mean, we went all over up in northern Minnesota, up in Duluth, Bemidji, uh, for him to be able to kind of interact with those fans and for him to kind of grow a little bit and not be so nervous a little bit in front of those big crowds. <laughs> well, it's kind of like his maturation at the big league level as well. Uh, you get your feet wet a little bit and, uh, and grow as you go. Of course, he's a guy who's been a household name uh, from before he even arrived in the big league, so great to see uh, fans get a chance to interact with him. Uh, and Twins Fest uh, this weekend. Uh, what, what are you expecting to see there? I know Rod Carew is going to make an appearance. Uh, he, of course, uh, had a heart attack last fall. Great to see him uh, uh, partake in this event uh, despite those circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. It really was good news to hear that. You know, he had his heart attack there in September. Uh, he still has kind of an electronic, uh, almost under a pacemaker type deal um, that he has to wear for now until he maybe gets his heart transplant. Um, but the fact that he's doing well enough to be able to fly, you know, he's in Southern California, he's going to be able to fly out and do two days there, and I think he's going to announce a big initiative on Saturday. I don't know if it's related to um, the American Heart Association or something like that, um, maybe some sort of partnership with the Twins. Um, but, yeah, it's really nice, and the whole event's always fun. You know, the Twins pretty much get almost every player on their 40-man roster, um, and usually top, you know, a couple top prospects as well uh, to make it out to the event. I mean, it's a big three-day event at Target Field, um, fun for the fans to interact with the players. And, you know, at the Metronome, it's a little bit bigger of an event, there's more vendors and more space, but uh, Target Field's cool. There's a little more, more intimate, and also, uh, you know, there's just more interaction, I think, with the players. There's more of the games upstairs. The fans can go into the locker room and get a tour of that. Um, so some things like that you can't, you shouldn't really get in the Metrodome. Um, I'm curious to see what happens maybe when uh, the new Viking Stadium is open next year, if they continue to do it at Target Field. But, um, yeah, I expect pretty much almost all the, the big names and the Twins, pretty much everyone on the roster flies in for it. Um, so it's a good, you know, time for all the players to get to know each other especially some of the newer guys, and they all take their physicals too. So um, it kind of, you know, it's, it's a big weekend for the Twins. Um, it should be fun. 
Brett, I know you have a story uh, going up on the Twins website this week about Trevor Plouffe uh, uh, avoiding arbitration, the last of the Twins guys to, uh, to, to settle the arbitration situation going into 2016. But, of course, Plouffe uh, was an interesting discussion point all winter uh, because we weren't sure if the Twins might dangle him in, in trade talks and uh, try to open up that spot for Miguel Sano. But, but obviously, uh, they, they still view him as a, as a big piece and know the order. Yeah, definitely. I think going into the offseason, I think it kind of was – um, I don't know if it was assumed, but I think a lot of people thought that the Twins were going to maybe move Trevor Plouffe just because it made sense in terms of, you know, making room for Miguel Sano at third base. And obviously when they signed Bianco Park, you thought, okay, maybe that does make sense. Maybe they signed Park to be the DH. They trade Plouffe for maybe some relief pitching or whatever, plug in Sano at third, keep Mauer at first. Um, but it hasn't really played out that way. The Twins pretty much, even when they signed Park, kept saying we intend to keep Plouffe. Um, but no one really believed him, and sure enough, uh, it's been said throughout the offseason, both by Terry Ryan, by Paul Molitor, by everybody, that they like Plouffe and they want to keep him. Um, so it's you know interesting, obviously, that means that Miguel Sano is going to go to the outfield. We'll kind of see how that turns out. But uh, it definitely shows how much they value Plouffe. You know, he's turned himself into an above-average third baseman, kind of all around, both as a defender and a hitter, um, and agreed to terms today to avoid arbitration for $7.25 million. So he was the final of the uh, six guys who are arbitration eligible. So the Twins will not be... Um, going to a hearing for the, you know, they haven't gone to a hearing, I don't think, for arbitration since 2006. So it's been 10 years anyway. Uh, so it's good news, though, for the Twins. No one wants to go to an arbitration hearing. No player wants to have to go and sit in there and have their team tell you why they're not worth that money. Um, so, yeah, it's a good situation all around, and uh, it sure looks like that Plouffe will be that third baseman again going into spring training, and, and Tano will be getting uh, time in the outfield. We're going to talk uh, about top prospects uh, this week on the AL Central podcast, and uh... – We've talked about the, the Twins' top two prospects as identified by MLB, uh, MLB Pipeline uh, right now. The, the top 100 will be released later this week. But as of now, of course, Byron Buxton still their number one. We, we talked last week about how he still qualifies as a rookie by one at bat. Yet at <laughs> one more at bat in 2015, uh, he wouldn't be atop this prospect list. But uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Rhett, uh, Buxton getting more comfortable with the fans. We talked about Essentially, him getting more comfortable at the big league level, but is there is there a feeling of pressure around this kid? I mean, because obviously, so much of their upside offensively rests in him becoming the player we expect him to be. Yeah, I mean, definitely, there's definitely pressure on him, and I think that's kind of been the hard thing for him all along. Is that when you're anointed kind of as the one early on, like he was that first season, he was so good. You know, as a, as a minor leaguer, he jumped up to the top of the prospect board. You know, he pretty much was the number one prospect now uh, for a couple years even as a young kid who was in the lower minor, just because of all the tools that were there, the comparisons to, you know, guys like Andrew McCutcher, maybe even like a little bit like Mike Trout, just being so athletic, but also being able to, to hit uh, and obviously run the bases and play a good center field. And all the tools are, I mean, they can, you know, he threw in the high 90s off the mound in high school too. So, I mean, he's pretty much got every tool you could possibly have. Um, it just didn't happen at the major league level last year. And I think that's kind of been one of those things, though, in general. I think if you look at his overall splits for his career, um, he's always been a little bit of a slow starter, especially uh, once he gets to a new level, a little bit of an adjustment period, and then kind of uh, kind of settles in there. And I think that's what the Twins are hoping is he was better last year at the end of the season. Um, in, in late September, he had you know a couple home runs there at the end of the season and was hitting pretty well over the last 20 games of the year and kind of getting himself back into the rotation. So um, I think that you know he's got to kind of learn from that experience at the end of the year and kind of take it up and take it to next season. But it's going to be tough. And there is pressure because, like I said, he's always been – that top prospect, so I think, you know, 
a lot of expectations for himself, but I think he's a smart kid and a kid that knows that, you know, you kind of take the pressure off yourself a little bit and just kind of relax and go out there and play baseball. So we'll kind of see how it all goes with him. I mean, it's going to be interesting because this is the first time he's probably really ever had too much adversity in terms of, you know, everyone's seen that he kind of failed at the major league level. He'd gone through some injuries in the minors. That's kind of what held him back a little bit. It was just a bunch of injuries. Um, but this is kind of the first time he's really got to go out there and prove himself. Well, and the other, uh, you know, prominent name on the prospects list from the Twins' perspective, especially as we look ahead to 2016, is Jose Barreos. Uh, we've talked about him quite a bit on this podcast. But uh, as you've mentioned, Red, great numbers last year, but you also have to take them in the context of, of the lead conditions. So, um, and, and, of course, it being a very pitcher-friendly environment last year at that level. So what, uh, what are your thoughts on Barreos uh, for 2016 outlook? Well, I think he's probably most likely to start the year in AAA um, just because he hasn't pitched there that much. Um, I know we talked about in the past, too, that if he's down there for, um, you know, a little bit of time there, obviously the Twins would have an extra year of control. I don't think it's going to be the main reason why, but I think in general they have so much, you know, depth right now in the rotation. You know, guys come back from injury like Ricky Nolasco and you know, Tony Malone was solid last year, kind of the back-end guys. Tyler Duffy stepped up. You know, you already have Gibson and Santana and Hughes. Uh, they're probably all locks to, to make the rotation. So there just aren't that many. And obviously Trevor May is going to be in that mix too. So there's a lot of options. So I think it might be easier for him just to start out at AAA and kind of work on some things he needs to work on. Uh, but the big thing for him, which is a good thing for the Twins, was that, um, you know, for him to be the guy that led the entire minor leagues in strikeouts last year, uh, it's definitely a good sign for a starting pitching rotation for the Twins that really hasn't seen that many strikeouts in recent years. Um, so I think that would be a big boost for them. Uh, the big thing with Barrios, the Barrios is, you know, I think things kind of held him back a little bit in terms of some of the top prospect lists. Uh, it was always his height. You know, he's probably about six feet tall or so. Um, but truthfully, you know, look at his numbers. He hasn't been home run prone despite, you know, his uh, shorter stature, and he's definitely a really hard worker. You can follow him along on Instagram or Twitter, and he's always tweeting out his videos of all of his crazy workouts in Puerto Rico. So um, it doesn't seem like he's going to be a guy who's going to break down or anything like that either. So um, I think that's kind of why I think the prospect list early on were a little bit cautious about him, even though he had really good numbers in the lower minors, just because he didn't have that prototypical, you know, six foot four, big build or anything. But I think he's proved every, you know, every level so far that he can handle, handle it. It's not really an issue. So um, that's going to be the big thing when he gets up to the majors is how that will affect him. I mean, he's going to be more home run prone up at the major league level. Uh, but the strikeouts are there and the stuff's there. Um, and I think he'll probably be up in May. All right. Red Bollinger's got uh, all the info on all things Twins and uh, was all over it on the caravan last week. And, of course, it'll be a Twins Fest this week. I want to thank him for joining us. And thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.